Boots and Backstraps, brought to you by Homes by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Boots and Backstraps podcast. Come on now. Honey's on, looking for backstraps, way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps. Hey everybody, this is a show where we talk all things hunting and country music. From the classics through today. From big bucks to bull elk. We've got it all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Boots and Backstraps. I'm your host Shane Michael and I'm joined in studio by my soon-to-be-standing-on-a-wee-fest stage co-host, Mr. Tom Cat. Come on now. Yeah, I love the jersey, brother. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going through my closet, what should I wear tonight? And I saw this old uh, wee-fest jersey that one of our guests made for me, Michael Jordan. And uh, he owns Unreal and he, my wife and I were asked to throw out the first pitch at a Twins game a few years back. And I thought, well... What should I wear out there, you know, being fashion conscious? <laughs> and uh, anyway, I thought maybe a WeFest jersey. It was a WeFest promotion at the Twins game. And Heidi from Hitchville and uh, her partner, they were singing the national anthem. Heidi and Matt. <clears throat> Heidi and Matt. Yeah. And so it was a played, real fun deal. I think when she was here, we played the video, right? I think we did. Yeah, we found it on YouTube. Never heard anyone sing the national anthem as sweet as uh, ha- ha- excuse me, Heidi and Matt did. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Well, you definitely have some taste there, partner, because uh, you know all the years in watching you on the stages that you've been on, you have always taken great pride in making sure that you're getting westerned, and uh, I know it, it's yeah. appreciated by the fan base for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of run, maybe ran in our family. I want to dress it up a little bit. You know, as the Wee Fest progressed over the years, the entertainers, you know, back in the day, back in the 80s and the 90s, they'd wear some pretty cool outfits. Yeah. And then that tapered off, and then they just... I remember Vince Kill coming on after playing 36 holes of golf. He just had some coveralls on and a T-shirt. But, you know, a lot of times they just come out in T-shirts, and that's the way it is nowadays, and I have... Yeah. But I always like to dress it up a little. I thought... If we're going to be the number one country music event in the world, which yes. we were yes. for almost 30 years. And will be again. And will be again. Why not dress it up and be a professional, you know? Amen to that, brother. Yeah, that's what I always thought. Well, let's get into our uh, first segment of the show. Yeah, I'm As excited. always, it's our uh, Whiskey of the Week. I cheated. You t- <laughs> I think the, the fans come to expect that now, or you're going to get into the bottle before anything else. <laughs> I almost have to hide it from you. Thank you, Jill. This is exceptional bourbon. It is exceptional oh, bourbon. And I, this is your deal, and I'm going to let you run with it. Yeah. But I wanted to throw that out there. No, I, I'm here's to you. A little and clink and drink here, and then we'll get a clink and drink from the oh. guest, too. Thank you, sir. There it is. Fire away, Shane. Tell them all about this. Wilderness Trail. So Wilderness Trail is a Kentucky bourbon, um, and the big thing with Wilderness Trail is it's very new in the in sort of the the world of bourbon or whiskey distilleries. They were founded in 2006 okay. by a couple of guys that played in a rock band together. They were musicians. Yeah. And one of the gentlemen, that's one of the co-founders, 
his family had been in whiskey dis- distillation. That's the right word, right? I think you got it. Whiskey distillation for several generations and owned a distillery making whiskey. And so then this guy and his buddy that were in the band together said, hey, you know, this music thing it probably isn't forever. You kind of get to the point where... yeah. You know, you're you know, can't be standing whiskey's on, forever. Unless you're Charlie Daniels, you're not gonna be standing on a stage at ninety <laughs> or whatever and you know, whatever he made it to. Um what was the band of any note? Uh no. No, okay. no one no one that I'm familiar with, which doesn't mean anything because I don't know a lot about rock, but okay. anyway, so they start this uh, distillery and then they decided they were going to to be competitive in the market, do some unique things. They've got a patented way that they heat the mash. And it's something that, uh, like I said, that's unique to them. And then they also were the very first distillery of anybody making whiskey or bourbon to use a chemical-free steam boiler. Hmm. And so now that chemical-free steam boiling process has gotten really big with a lot of the distillers where they've switched to that because these guys sort of pioneered that. But uh, that's Wilderness Trail. That's cool. It's really smooth, really smooth. It is indeed. And this is a fun segment. Uh you know, Shane and I are not advocates. Maybe at one time we were advocates of drinking a lot, but you know, we—it's like drinking wine or anything of high caliber. It's, you know, it's great sipping whiskey, and uh, yeah. we don't encourage you to chug a bottle of this. Uh, we're going to be here a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be here a couple hours, so we're going to enjoy some absolutely phenomenal bourbon. And uh, Kenny Chesney's with us here tonight. Ah, not so much. Oh, not we so already much. started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta gotta break the ice on that one. Uh, so we are, as as we always say, we're super excited about tonight's episode. Absolutely, and, and me especially because I've known our guest for. I mean, it seems like twenty years. It's the first time I saw him perform on stage. You know, we've had a lot of guests on recently that were old friends of yours. Yeah, I guess uh, if we had any, my old country friend, they're probably. Gone and dead by now. Well, we just moved the chair over, make room for the wheelchair, and then you just oh, roll right man. up here. <laughs> I mean, I'm, what's, I'm thinking of uh, people like, uh, and there I go again. Can't remember the name, but he's been around forever. He does the the Johnny Cash thing, and you have uh, a name assistant, Sherwin Linton. <laughs> Sherwin Linton. Thank yep. you. See, there we go. Sherwin Linton, and uh, I mean the original High Noon, and guys like Daisy Dillman, and uh, you know I go back to that era. But obviously, I've worked with a lot of people up until the 2000s yeah so i do know a lot of them but uh the the people you're bringing on are kind of newer than than as far as i go back you know i'm I mean? sure that you've met our guests tonight at some point back yeah. in the day with uh, as much as they had in fame so without further ado we will bring into our studio for the boots and backstraps podcast this week um of high noon and several other projects but most probably notably in this market for High Noon, Steve Kretzinger. Ooh, jazz hands. Oh, I like that. I was, I was like, where's the... He's got a brand new button bar. Like, where's the sound effect? Boy, she was late on that deal. Yeah, she's, she's busy. First time, first time. Yeah, but when you got it, it was awesome. It was. Well, welcome, Steve. Thank yeah, you Steve, for having have me. You here. Super, uh, I very much appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, we're excited to have you in with us. So you get your little infographic with your name and stuff. Yeah, I like that. Isn't she good? It's totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I know you've had a lot um, going on lately with solo stuff and all that kind of thing. But what I like to do is maybe just get in the way back machine and, and kind of go back to where it all started. Like, where did music come into your life? Maybe some of your early influences, all that stuff that started your love and passion. Well, you know, it started out when I was too young to remember, to tell you the truth. My grandma um, used to tell me that I used to sing uh, 
uh, raindrops keep falling on my head mm. when I was a very, very little kid. So, you know, that was, and that, you know, I was born in 1972, so that song came out probably 74-ish, you know, so I was, it was very, very early in my life. And I couldn't really speak the words properly, so <laughs> I would sing what I thought the words were. I'm sure but, it was adorable. <laughs> but it, it, probably, it probably was pretty cool. But uh, when, I, when I could start to remember things, uh, again, when I was still pretty young, probably uh, 75, 76, uh, maybe even a little bit later than that, I'm not sure when the song came out, but uh, We Will Rock You uh, by Queen came out, and We Are the Champions, you know, that, that pair of songs. Yeah. And I remember uh, my brother, Corey, uh, my oldest brother Corey, who's also a very good vocalist, um, used to sing all the time. I used to sing with him when I was a little kid. But I picked up a pair of drumsticks, and that was the first time I can remember. I did the boom, boom, bah, boom, boom, bah, and I was playing along with it perfectly, you know. <laughs> and I actually was a drummer. Here, there's there's a picture of me when I was 13. I was a that was my first drum kit. The first day I ever had a, a drum kit of my own. My brothers actually bought those for me. And my parents uh, did not know that they were going to do that for my 13th birthday. So um, they... How happy were they? My mom, I don't know that she was all that happy, but my dad actually uh, used to... I I would sit upstairs and play for hours. I mean, I was always obsessed with it. So I'd sit up and play for hours, and I had these... So they're looking at you like, we're so happy. Your brother's like, you're grounded. (laughs) (laughs) My brothers were too old to be grounded at that point. But but I had these, like, trash can lid cymbals. They were all bent up. They looked like old warped records. You know, they're terrible sounding. But my dad used to sit down in his chair, and and eventually, you know, he'd get tired of me playing, and he'd be like, okay, enough's enough, you know. (laughs) And I'd come downstairs, and he'd still be kind of tapping on the chair. So I think my dad actually liked it, even though I don't think he was going to tell me that he actually did, you know. But... (laughs) Uh, I got started being a drummer, like I said. I played for, for a long time, up till about the time I was a senior in high school. And I realized probably when I was a junior, I, I borrowed a friend's guitar. and I Were you uh, playing, like, bands, or what were, what were you doing? I was, I was like doing drums in, in bands. I played with my oldest brother, Corey's band, uh, when I was 14, 15, 16 years old in okay. bars. Oh, uh, cool. In Forest Lake, uh, what the heck is it called? Um, Martin's Resort, which is way up north someplace. I mean, I, I filled in because the drummer that they had at that time, they had issues with. Ah, uh, yeah. So that they would story. fire him all the time and rehire him. But in the meantime, I would be the fill-in guy. So um, I, I took to it pretty quick. I, I would not say that I was uh, a super great drummer, but I was good enough to get by and get the songs done, get the shows done. And I made a little bit of money doing it. So it was it was nice. But... You know, about 11th grade, I picked up a guitar, borrowed a guitar. Um, I was listening at that time to, uh, you know, I was, I had hair, man. I had long <laughs> hair, and it was long in the front, and it was long in the back, and I was like metal on the drums. Yeah. I picked up a guitar, and it was Jim Croce. And I, I absolutely loved Jim Croce. Holy polar opposite. So, so I sat on the couch, and I just, again, I, I started becoming obsessed with it. And it was an electric guitar, so it didn't make any noise. So the Time in a Bottle, is that what it was? That was the, you know, it was the first song I wanted to learn. Because I said, if I could ever learn Time in a Bottle, that would be as good as my guitar Not dust on the bottle. <laughs> well, I do that one, too. But, yeah, but no, Time thing. in a Bottle was, was the first song I wanted to learn. I thought, if I could just learn Time in a Bottle, that would be as good as it could ever get for me. That would be the pinnacle, the height of my guitar playing. And then it turned into, you know... How many that, chords is that? That's three, isn't it? Oh, there's a lot of chords in, in really? that song. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a difficult song. Um, and there's a lot of, lot of movement, um, but 
you know, I, I learned it. Don't know that I ever mastered it, but I learned it. I still play it today at my solo shows. And then it just moved on from there to other Jim Croce songs. I was obsessed. I mean, literally obsessed with Jim Croce when I was in high school, which wasn't cool. Jim Croce <laughs> wasn't cool, okay? It was Guns N' Roses, and it was Poison. And I love those bands, The too. 80s, right? Yeah. The hair bands? It, it was the end of the 80s. So it's, you were talking 86, 87, 88, oh, 90. 90. And, you know, all my friends are like, really? Except for I had two friends that loved Jim Croce, my best friend still to this day. And we have a video, I think, that you guys are going to play, uh, 365 Horse. I actually wrote that song about my best friend. But he loved Jim Croce, too. So we used to, if, if you rode in my car anywhere, you were going to listen to Jim Croce or you were going to get out. Right. Or I Dan mean, so, well, Dan Seals came along a little bit later. But uh, I love Dan Seals, definitely. But Dan Seals was uh, was probably you know that came came along in the in the early nineties, probably right. ninety one for me anyway. Talking to Steve earlier uh, before we started the show tonight, we both found out that we have a, a strong love for uh, Dan Seals. Mm-hmm. God rest his soul. Loved his music, and later on, Shane, Steve uh, volunteered to play one of my all time favorite songs everything that glitters is not gold i just love that song i i saw your face lighting up when he said he'd play it you're oh, like a kid in a candy store i'm, I'm <laughs> totally nervous now now you're, now you're really be, now you're putting the pressure on me no oh. there's no pressure there at all there's no pressure at all we're just a bunch of good old boys sipping on some whiskey talking music and whatever else comes to mind yeah that's the thing that we love about this podcast is I don't know if you heard the story, and we've told it in a couple of the episodes about how this whole thing got started. But really, this was Tom's idea. It was three, four years ago because, you know, he and I are hunting partners. Mm -hmm. And so we'd go out west a few times a year to to hunt antelope or elk or deer or whatever. And he he always said, hey, we both love hunting. We both love country music. We should do a podcast where we talk about those two subjects because there's a lot of hunting podcasts. There's a lot of music-related podcasts, but nobody's doing the two together. And the two go hand-in-hand, hand, usually. Synonymous, Typically right? Typically do, yeah. And so uh, it was this last, uh, yeah, this last August, we're in a, a blind, and the sun's just starting to break the horizon. And we imagine we got the camo, and it's still pretty dark out. We got our bows and our face paint and all that stuff. And he looks over at me, he's like, hey, Come on now. we do that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then we, you know, we spent the whole fall setting up the studio, testing equipment, like all that stuff. So. And those of you that know me know that I would never use that type of language. Never. No. Have you seen the Karina Kern episode yet? Did you watch that uh-huh. one from last, last week? <laughs> yeah, so when you watch it, you're going to die laughing because Danny took the two times you did drop the F-bomb yeah. and she dubbed three. over it with three times? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She dubbed over it with, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? I, like, I have to tune that in and watch it. That word might slip out of me once in a while, but I assure you it won't happen during the podcast. Oh, I, you're fine. Yeah, Scouts we, uh, honor on that. So. We, have, we have Danny. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were giving me grief, and so I just had to say, F off. We, had a, we kept poking. We're like, have a little fun, have a little fun. And then, it, you know. And the, the handcuffs came off, and he was all about it. You poke the bear long enough, you're going to get it. So, yeah. so guitar, Jim Croce is kind of like that, let's break the ice there. You work through that, mm-hmm. and then do you start playing guitar in, the, in, band, in that band or in other bands? I didn't play any guitar in a band uh, until probably 95 and that would have been bass uh, i played a little bit of acoustic i was in a band called the forgotten it was a, a rock band 80s rock band and 
they they hired me to play bass, which I did. And then uh, during the course of that band, I started playing acoustic guitar because we were doing some skid row. So we were doing I Remember You, and, and I was singing it. I used and, to love skid row. You well, were singing Sebastian oh, Bach. Oh, yeah, I used to do it. Yeah, he, I, like, uh, maybe you disagree, but I think Sebastian Bach is, if not the best rock voice all time, he's got to be in the conversation. There's There's... A couple of couple of names that come to mind for me, and Sebastian Bach, for a metal guy, yeah. is probably my all time favorite. Amazing, but you can't you can't discount uh, people like Steve Perry. Oh, well, Steve uh, Perry, Mickey amazing. Thomas from from Starship yep. is unbelievable, yeah, and still is. to this day is unbelievable. Uh, Dennis DeYoung is still to this day unbelievable, and one of my favorites, which everybody kind of laughs when I say this name, which I don't understand because he's a super super huge soundtrack guy. Kenny Loggins. Oh, oh yeah. Kenny Loggins oh, yeah. has had, well, I don't know if it is anymore, but he had one of the best voices ever. I love, oh, love, man. love Kenny Loggins. Did you know that I um, was having some trouble with my computer, so I changed all my passwords to Kenny, and now I have all Kenny Loggins? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, where's that? <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I knew you it was coming. You set me up. I had uh, to take it. <laughs> Kenny, I went and saw Kenny Loggins. You know, my old roommate, Randy Levy, used to have a lot of shows come to the Minneapolis. You know, Randy had uh, Schoen Productions, Rose Productions, mm-hmm. and he'd bring out. He brought Kenny Loggins, and we, he, I tagged along with him for that show, and it was just one monster hit after another. It was like Kenny Loggins is phenomenal. Well, anybody in the music industry, he's got to be in their top ten list. Well, between Loggins and Messina and Kenny Loggins, just as a right. solo artist, and all the soundtracks. Yeah. I mean, you can't hardly watch a movie without having a Kenny Loggins. Well, song let's say on Top it. Gun, like well, iconic, top, right? Top Gun, Footloose, oh, Footloose. Uh, Caddyshack. You know, I mean, oh. un- unbelievable. But but I just I listen to listen to how he sings yeah. and his voice and how everything just comes. So, Kenny so Loggins easy for him. He's phenomenal. just unbelievable. Yeah. Did you guys you ever have Kenny at the Wee Fest? Kenny Loggins? Yeah. No. Oh. He's not really country, but. No, but we've always, every year, I don't know when it started. It started when we had uh, the Everly Brothers there. The first time we had the Everly Brothers booked. See, we wanted to do a rock and roll act as well. We just wanted to mix one, kind of one that crossed over. Mm-hmm. And the Everly Brothers You had Skinner in there one year. I was like, that's oh, yeah. awesome. And then uh, the Everly Brothers, the first time, couldn't make it. So guess who came in their place? And I was like on cloud nine. Uh, Roy Orbison. Oh, what? wow. <laughs> so Roy Talk Orbison. about a voice. So ever since that, tri- yeah, you talk about one of the greatest Iconic of all voice. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since that, then you know we had guys like Jimmy, um, Johnny Rivers. Uh, we had the Doobie Brothers. We just mix in oh, rock and roll. Doobie acts. Brothers. There's another one. That's the Doobie is like they were big in that same. I mean, not Jim Croce era, but Kenny Loggins era. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sing it. 70s singer song. You, pro- you could probably tell that I'm huge into that 70s singer song. Oh, yeah. thing. I grew up in it. My parents listened to that kind of stuff and old country. But I do have you like uh, Steely Dan. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Donald Fagan is, uh, it, well, him and him, I, don't, I can't remember what the guitar player's name is, but Donald Fagan and, and that guitar player, the two of them are so cerebral when it comes to music. It's, it's ridiculous. My I, father I loves even, Steely Dan. I can't even, I, I, I would like be like, I'm not worthy. You know, <laughs> they're, they're just, they're so, so good. But 
Um, when you mentioned uh, the Doobie Brothers, uh, they were playing there the same day that High Noon played at WeFest in 2002. Right. And I do have a funny story about that if you want to hear it yes! a time yes! later. I don't Love know if you want story. me to tell it yeah, now. let's but go. So, so High Noon's on stage in 2002 at WeFest. And I'm up there doing my thing, and I, and I break a string. I always carry a backup guitar, I've, and, and I, I actually spent a lot of money on having two almost identical guitars uh, so they sound basically the same, so the sound techs didn't have a heck of a time. If right. I had switch guitars, I didn't have two wireless, so I just plug into the old one. So anyway, I'm up on stage, and it's Wii Fest, and there's, it's, it's a pretty early time slot, so mm-hmm. I, there's probably 3,500 people out there, but it's a big show for us, and people Absolutely. are really digging it, right? It's a big stage. And, and it's a big I, deal. I, was, I was having so, uh, so much fun. So I break this string, and I'm like, High E or low E? Holy no, crap. Not no, it was actually my G string. <laughs> and there's, a, there's a joke in there. I, well, I that was coming. So, so I, 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 take, I take a second in between songs. He's the new king. He's the new king. I grab my, I grab my other guitar, and it's out of tune because it's been sitting in the sun. Sure. Oh, no. So I'm starting to play it. And, but in between songs, I went over, and the Doobie Brothers guitar tech is sitting back off the side of the stage right. and kind of kind of just doing guitar tech stuff. He's restringing a guitar. And I said, I, I walked over to him in between songs quick, and I said, can you please, I said, my, my briefcase is right here. I said, can you please just quickly put a G-string on my guitar? Please, 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 please. And he looks at me and he goes, sure. <laughs> and I turned around. And I started playing, and I'm like, "Did you know who he was at that point?" I had no clue. I had just I, he's a tech. Clearly, I, I just knew, I knew he was a tech for them, but oh. I did, but I didn't know. I never talked to him. And I kept looking back, <laughs> looking back. Never once touched my guitar. Never, never even tried. Really? And, I, and I was like, I was so disappointed. It was it was a simple request, and you know I understand he's he's in the big leagues. And I was super, super not. I was in the little league t-ball at that point. Yeah, but that's, to yeah, that that's, doesn't but, matter. But he just, but he wouldn't do it. But but the way he goes, sure. I was like, okay, that's either good or bad. I'm not sure how I should take that. But yeah, certainly he he didn't do it. So, so were you able to were you able to get the guitar back at all? Uh, no, nope, not at all? not that one. I got my other guitar in tune, but we ha- we had to just take a second for me to just quickly plug in my tuner and do that. But you know, when you're doing a show like that, something like We Fest where it's that big and, and you're you're so stoked about it and there's a lot of people watching, you don't want to take that, you know, 30 seconds it takes to get that one right. string or two strings that went out of tune because your guitar got wonky because it was in the sun. You just don't want to take that time to do it. And you know, it's sad to hear, hear that story because, you know, if it would have been a country music band that was the headliner that night, there was a real good chance he would absolutely, yeah. I mean, he might have even done it when he saw you struggling mm-hmm. with it. He said, why don't you give that to me because that's the way they are. But it was always the difference between country music and rock and roll. Rock and roll, there was just these attitudes and egos, and in country music, there wasn't. Right. I mean, there is now. But back in the day, man, you know, the Johnny Cashes and even in the 80s with the Dan Seals and those, they were so obliging and so kind. Uh, anyone would help anyone out. Well, that was... Uh, and uh, you would have. That Wii Fest show that, that I did in 2002, that was the only one I ever that I ever got to play. Um, but 
there are a couple of stories uh, that I got from that, that that we should probably talk about that you'd probably enjoy. Sure. Uh, you know, maybe not now, maybe later if you got time. But, uh, yeah, in fact, I met Pat Simmons from, from uh, the Doobie Brothers after we got done playing. Uh-huh. Uh, I was backstage, and we had the all-access passes, and Pat Simmons yeah. comes off the bus, and I don't really know the Doobie Brothers. So I knew he was in the Doobie Brothers, and I knew he was a guitar player, and he sang. Right. So I said, hey, how you doing? I'm Steve with High Noon. I just got done playing up there. Did you get a chance to hear me? And he goes, no, man, I just got up. I was taking a nap. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool. And I, and I said, I said uh, you're the guitar player, right? Uh, I, I don't know what your name is. And he goes, it's Pat. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so failing at this. And I said, I said, well, I love the Doobie Brothers, man. I really hope you guys have a good show. You know, we were warming up for you guys, so so hopefully you have a, a great time. You know, and he's like, thanks, man. You know, and that, <laughs> I mean, that was my brush with fame with him. So, but he was, I mean, he was a nice enough guy. He's he, probably half awake or whatever. Uh, yeah, he was probably stoned. Yeah, that could have been it too. He, he might have both. Might have might have had a, a little bit of uh, ganja there. <laughs> no smoke came out when he opened the bus door, but he came right off his bus <laughs> that's awesome well when we had the, the doobie brothers back in uh hospitality in the uh the press tent where they sign autographs and they do an interview they couldn't have been nicer i mean every mm-hmm. single one of them was like can i sign this what can i do here and they were like just on it and because the bigger the band usually the nicer the guys yeah, you, you, exactly. you, you tend to think i mean that doesn't always play true but right. but you know they've been around. They've done everything. There's nothing else that they can do. I mean, the Doobie Brothers are, right. are a staple, so um, they are super, super good. Band. Like you say, the bigger the band. I mean, I, I'm that got me thinking. Like in '83 when we started out with Alabama, you know, they were as big as the Beatles were. The in. first Wee Fest, Alabama. <laughs> well, and Alabama was headlining the night that we were this this same night. So that's okay. actually one of my stories that's coming up. Yeah, they were you absolutely you three of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And yep. I could say that about 90-some percent of all the entertainers. The big ones, they're just wonderful people. Yep. And they, were, and they were playing a good, a good festival. Yeah. I tell you what, we, fest, uh, we, we did a lot of them in high noon. You know, we did Cornstock, Windstock, uh, country, country Jam or Country Fest. I can't remember whatever the one is There's in two of them. Kadat's but, Fest. Yeah. So it was, it was the one in Kadat. And, and uh, you know, WeFest, um, when we got there, we were treated like human right. beings, and and everything was awesome. I mean, it was it was like we were the headliner for that night, and that's I will I will always thank you guys for that because it was one of my greatest moments in life to be able to do oh, that, nice. and one of my most memorable things because it was by far the largest show I'd ever played. One thing I like to do for the Midwest bands, especially for the regional acts, I made sure they got to do an encore. And these days, it's kind of hard to do because, for some reason, the whole genre of music... They well, they don't have Lynn Kitty running the stage schedule yeah, anymore. <laughs> they decided that because sometimes musicians are a little lazy. Ah, what do you mean? <laughs> they decided to start with this. I mean, we had a history of maybe 25 out of the 34 years, or maybe even 30 out of the four, uh, 35 years where every single act did an encore, even acts that didn't do encores like Roy Clark and like Hank Thompson, they came back and did an encore. And nice. it was like just a thing with the WeFest. The crowd would not shut up until they came back out, and they always did. And then all of a sudden someone 
started getting a little, well, we don't want to step on the toes of the headliners. And I'm like, what? What lazy jackass started that deal? I said, you can do an encore here if you want. This is our stage. Mm-hmm. You know, and no, well, then that trend continued, and now I don't think any of them do an encore unless they're a headliner anymore. Yeah, we certainly certainly didn't uh, in the in the festivals that we did this year. Um, never got an encore, but we didn't do a main stage uh, with with um, Lakes Jam this year. But we did uh, did the main stage at Iconic Fest, and and uh, we didn't get that opportunity. It was a you get up, you get you get your songs yeah. done, and then you get off the stage yeah, when tight. the time is is done. But I totally understand. You know, John Conley was coming up after us. I'm not. I don't want to step on John Conley's toes. I mean, talking to another guy with a voice that's <laughs> John iconic Conley would have let you play all night long. He was he was he's a super nice guy as, too. He's as yep. mellow as they come. Yeah, <laughs> very very nice guy. When I met him backstage, he was yeah. a super cool guy. So yeah, what talk about classics. Yep. Oh, every song, he, every song he played, I remember. I, I can I can actually remember sitting in my dad's old blue pickup truck listening to most of that stuff. That those songs. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He was so big in in the late seventies, and then maybe just a little bit in the early eighties there. But uh, backside of thirty, I mean, come on, that's a great tune. <laughs> that's a great song. When we uh, sold the Wee Fest, I did a couple, two or three years up at a. Uh, Country Fest, uh-huh. <laughs> and we had John Conley one of those years, and what a treat! Yep, just I mean, it's like one of those things uh, you just get goosebumps, you know, listening so, to him sing all those classics. So you obviously play drums or had played drums and acoustic and bass. You play a little electric or bass or not bass, uh, baritone, any of that stuff. Like you mix I it am, in with that. I am terrible. I, I I I have no problem saying I am terrible at electric guitar. <laughs> I, I just can't do it. I, and, Would Brian and, agree with that? Oh yeah, and 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 on an acoustic guitar, you know, I'm if I'm not finger picking, I'm more of a beater. So you know, I'm I strum so hard that you know my old my old guitars. I used to leave a little pile of sawdust on the stage because I was like Willie Nelson's trigger, right. you know, his guitar. I think it's trigger, isn't it? Yep. Not what he calls it. Yep. Uh, it's got them holes in it. If I would have played my guitars long enough. They would look just like that because I just I just strum and I use super thin picks, but I just strum that hard. <laughs> we but, have a pick for you tonight, by the way. Oh, do you? Yeah, we we have some boots and backstraps picks. Nice, I like it. Yeah, so you want to well, know how I know uh, Willie Nelson calls his guitar trigger? One year we had him, and they were they were filming a movie at the Wee Fest. It was called uh, the Dill Scallion movie. It was a spoof on Spinal Tap. Oh, okay. <laughs> Willie Nelson was in it. Uh, uh, Henry Winkler. Uh, what was the? There was another spoof that they did on Spinal Tap. Do you remember what it was called? I don't. Oh. I just remember at Spinal Tap, the drummer spontaneously combusts, and it's like <laughs> oh, the funniest was, thing ever. <laughs> yeah, that was the spoof. Spinal Tap was the was the spoof. Yeah, Spinal yeah. Tap is a spoof. Yeah. This was called Hilarious. the Dill Scallion, and Willie came out, and someone uh, that has a better memory than I, it was at least eight encores. It might have been ten. But every time he'd come out, or the last couple times he came out, he had his guitar strap over his shoulder, and his guitar was on the ground behind him. And he'd say, come on, Trigger, we're going to do a little more. And he'd pull that guitar guitar up, and he'd put it on again. He says, you know, I'll stay here all night long if you want me to. And he just kept playing songs. But did he yell, hi-ho, silver? I mean, that's what (laughs) he had to, right? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, All right, so... We're in, in the Steve Kretzinger timeline. We're like senior year of high school now. 
when do we make that jump into, okay, I'm getting more serious about live performance? What really sparked it for me, and I always wanted to be a traveling, playing gigs musician in high school. That was, it's always been, it was, it was always the goal. Um, to meet what, chicks, what and that and that's and that's the <laughs> he met a reason. good one. He met that's a good the, one. Yeah, Gentry is awesome. The, we got to give Gentry a, like her yes, due here. She yeah. is fantastic. Especially we love since Jean. I wrecked her truck today, but uh, we'll, we'll go there. Some do you time. have a Danny? Do we have a picture of Gentry? Oh, I don't think I sent a, a picture of my fantastic bride, but I can get I one on my phone. I send pictures of this. We one have everywhere. Google, and she has Facebook in there. Oh, she does. Yeah, yeah. yep. She Same got, last she, name. My wife's got awesome hair. I'll, I'll stalk her. <laughs> Speaking of spouses, uh, Tom wanted to throw this out there. Oh, oh, oh yeah. nice. That's when you threw that pitch out the Twins game. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Lynn and I and uh, the PC Bear. Shirt. Yeah, I had a picture of uh, myself and Lynn and Ron Gardenhire, who happened to be a pretty good friend of mine because he's uh, was the neighbor with Tommy DeRay at the Hogs Breath. And Love Gardy. So he'd come up to the Hogs Breath and help us out and bring some of the players up. Speaking of occasion. guys that beat cancer, Ron Gardner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know his uh, daughter Tiffany pretty well. She's moved back to Oklahoma where they're from, but right. but uh yeah, we we stayed in touch and you know, she used to come to the shows back in the day quite a bit. Right. And so So anyway, when I transferred my phone, one of my phones, the picture got there's just a teeny part of the picture. Yeah. So I don't know how the heck that happens, but I was kind of bummed out because I really liked that picture. Right. Nice memory. Yeah. All right. So, not to meet chicks. If you're like, I want to get, I want to be a road warrior, right? I realized, I realized when I picked up a guitar and when I was playing drums that the girls are in the front. They're not hanging out in the back. Now, I was a singing drummer, so I my nobody can name the bassist my, in the band, right? So my my goal when I was a drummer was I wanted to be Phil Collins because Phil Collins was a singing right, drummer. You know, right. great, great. I loved Phil Collins, but what really. Sp- Sparked me, and he's, he's and, another guy that plays like fifteen instruments. Yeah, he plays everything and yeah. plays them well. Yeah. Um, but Johnny Holm, yep. oh, Johnny yes. Holm, and the Traveling Fun Show changed my life. And I and it was one of my 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 ex girlfriend who we were at Valley Fair one time, and she was like, "I want to go watch this band." And I'm like, "I don't want to watch the band. I'm I want to ride the rides. I'm at Valley Fair to ride rides. I'm not here to sit down and watch a stupid band, right?" So she. Talked to me into going and watching Johnny Holm. Well, Johnny Holm in the in the amphitheater at Valley Fair back then. This would have been 1989, and uh, he would, and he did this at his shows too. If anybody in the audience knows anybody that's got any talent at all, you know, point them out. Every show he'd do that. So, so my my girlfriend at the time points at me. So Johnny <laughs> Johnny Holm comes out and he gets me and he brings me up on stage, and. I, you know, I was I was always a reasonably adequate singer, you know. So he goes, he goes. He's so humble, TK. So he He's wants, a great singer. He wants to do, you know, Johnny Holm would do this thing where you're doing um, Unchained Melody. So he would, so he would go. Oh, start with something oh, easy. Love, you know, and he'd do that part, and then he'd hold the microphone out to you, and you would start singing. So I started singing, and he goes, whoa, you know, like that, you know, when I started singing. <laughs> So he has me sing Bad, Bad Leroy Brown all right. of all songs. Jim Croce, right. my idol. He, he, and, and I think he thought that I wouldn't know this song. I'm, <laughs> I'm 18 years old, 17 years old, and I absolutely know Bad, Bad Leroy Brown, right? So I sing this whole song, right, in front of the amphitheater, and Johnny Holm, 
has me standing on this box because I'm kind of a short guy. So he has me stand <laughs> on this box, and when I get done, he holds my arm up like I'm Rocky, like Rocky <laughs> in the statue, right? And he goes, he goes, go run around the amphitheater. And I got a standing ovation. And he had me run through the audience all the way through that amphitheater and slap hands with everybody. And I went and sat down, and I was like, "What just Holy happened? crap. <laughs> You're like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and literally when I joined High Noon, my goal was I wanted to be the Johnny Holm of the country scene. So when I joined High Noon, I bought a wireless microphone. Yep. I, I told them guys, I said, I'd like to get out in the audience. I'd like to start singing out there. I'd like to just, you know, move out there and, and just get people going. Yeah, no and, offense and, to Bob, but you were definitely like the entertainer well, in the band. They were like, go, go, go nuts, man. If you want to go out in the audience, you go right ahead. We're going to stay up here where it's safe, you know. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, that was really the big turning point for me. And then at that point, you know, it was a couple of years um, I played in a in a couple of bands that never played out, but I started doing some solo acoustic shows, and then I joined uh, my rock band in '95. And soon after that, I became the house musician for it was. I played there for 15 years. It was a restaurant called Panino's in North Oaks, and it, sure, it's an right. Italian restaurant. It's still there, I think. And, isn't yes, it? it is, and it's fantastic food. But but Chet, the it's owner of Panino's, unfortunately, has has died of cancer. Oh. But he used to have me come in there and play on Friday nights, and um, you know North Oaks. Kevin McHale used to come in all the time, yep. and you know North Oaks, you're right by the golf course, so there was a lot of people there. So I used to make a lot of money in tips. Um, and, One of the wealthiest and communities in it the was, state. It was right in my wheelhouse because it was all 70s singer-songwriter stuff. Chet was always like, don't get too excited in here. You know, Don't play too loud. Don't, you don't have to play anything too fast. This is dinner music. And I'm like, I'm on it, man. I, and, and, as soon, and Chet loved, loved Jim Croce. I mean, so Jim Croce's kind of come into play all my life. You know, it's kind of funny how it works. Do you have a Jim out. Croce tattoo somewhere in your body? I have n- My body is my temple. There's no tattoos on this body, okay? I, I, I have not. I neither. So, yeah. What about you? What about that birthmark that looks like Roy Orbison? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I want to see that or not. <laughs> I have a great, great joke, but I don't know if I can get away with it. Um, you know, I can tell the joke, and if Danny doesn't like it, she can edit it, She'll I guess. chop it. She'll chop it. So there was this uh, gal who always dreamed of meeting uh, Elvis and Roy Orbison. And, and, you know, she just thought, well, it's never going to happen. I'm getting older. And so she thought, you know, maybe the best idea, maybe I can have them tattooed on my thighs there, and then I'll have Roy Orbison and Elvis Presley. I don't Presley. like where this is going. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Right where I want them. And so she got to drinking one night, and she's sitting outside on a bench, and, you know, she's kind of bumming her out that she can't show anybody because it's just not ladylike. And there was this kind of a wino laying down on the ground there. She looked around, and she said, hey, you want to see something? <laughs> she pulls up her dress, and she says, what do you think of these guys? And the guy looked back and forth, and he goes, well, I recognize Willie Nelson in the middle, but who are them other two guys? Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh, that's got to stay in. That can't get chopped oh, out. Oh, yeah, that is. I, I, yeah. 
I don't think the FCC is going to go after you for that, are they? No. Isn't that who it is? The FCC? Oh. I, I don't know all my You want to hear the black version? No. Oh, <laughs> no. well, you got to hear it. No. I recognize Don King in the middle, but who are the other two? When I want to get on my wife's nerves, <laughs> I say, geez, you know, you might want to shave your armpits. Looks like you got buckwheat in the headlock. Oh, yeah. That one's a classic. <laughs> I like that. Oh. Yeah, there's my lovely bride. Oh my goodness! There that, that's is. not her fancy haircut, though. She's she's got uh, she's got that Sonic the Hedgehog kind of haircut now. She, she's beautiful. Yep. There oh, there go. it is. Yep, there's there's the GI I know and love. love. What's her? Yeah, give her company a shout out too, because she made some great stuff. Uh, she does she does uh, stuff for a company called BGs, but she also has just uh, G's, um, where she knits and crochets. I mean, you name it. She does she does all sorts of stuff right now. I shouldn't even mention this. She's going to kill me for doing this. But she made <laughs> it's, it's the funniest thing that took off like crazy. She sells a million of these things. She makes these yarned or, or crocheted. They're doobies, right? So they, look, so they look like a doobie. They're about five inches long, and they're about this big around. So it looks like a blunt, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and she fills them with... With uh, you know, a guy that doesn't and, do any drugs, you right. sure know the lingo. <laughs> <laughs> she fills them with with the with the batting, the the pillow batting, and catnip, and she sells them as catnip doobies. Yeah, they're oh, there. Oh, and that is hilarious. These things sell like crazy. So she's so all the time she's like, oh my god, I just sold another nine catnip doobies, and I don't have any left. So she will literally sit on the couch and watch the twins, and just whip these things out. She's, she's, she's watching the she's twins, a she must be cussing the entire time. <laughs> I don't know why she loves that team. Oh, there yeah, you go, there's, my, there's my cat, Henry. Uh, he eats very well. Um, <laughs> and, and he does, he does like that. Yep. And, and the cats apparently just go ape shit for these. Uh, can I say that? Yeah, you can. <laughs> they just yes. go nuts for these things. So That's my, awesome. my dog doesn't care anything about it, but the cat just absolutely loves them. <laughs> That's things, hilarious. So. <laughs> my wife, uh, she's a big crocheter. She just gave her an idea. She makes uh, blankets for all the family. Oh, uh, blankets. You know, my wife does once in a while she'll do a blanket, but they take so long, and then they're hot when they're laying on you when you're doing them. Yeah. Um, but she does a lot of hats and a lot of scarves and a lot of cowls oh. and things like that, and she goes and does some trade shows once in a while. But she sells on Etsy and on Amazon, uh, so she those catnip doobies are one one of the one of the dumbest things and she actually made catnip carrots and i thought the catnip carrots were a super cool idea because they look just like the doobies but they're orange and they have a little carrot top on them yeah i was like those things are gonna sell like wildfire that is the coolest thing yep i i don't think she's a good producer she, she might have had like one yeah you are on, she's on the ball right, man you are awesome great producer kudos kudos to you back there i let, let me give you mm. yes, your own sound effect <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully the uh, the the shameless plug for my wife's crocheting will get me past the fact that I backed into a sign at McDonald's. It can't hurt. So. It your, can't hurt. What's your um, I you know what? That's where I can't help you. I I, it, I think it's under BGs. If you look up BGs and Etsy, um, and maybe Amazon as well. Uh, I, I wish I had brought a card, and now I'm probably going to be in trouble because I don't know. No, but uh, we'll no. figure it out on the break, and then she, we'll. She's got. It she's on the got awesome side. stuff. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there. There it is. Yep. I told you she's good. Man, she is super, super good. Yep. That's it. Gentry Custom Crochet. Nice. That's a cool hat. So she makes hats that we have these little leather tags. I actually, my brother's got a laser uh, scriber 
a laser burner thing at, sure. at his house in Grantsburg. So I made her a bunch of these uh, leather tags with G's in them and then wood tags and Minnesota scribed into them and she does little hats like that and puts them tags on them too so um so her hats you know I, there's some other woman hat that has some letter on there i don't know what it is or some kind of tag hers have the g on there so yep i don't know that that's one of hers that doesn't look like gentry stuff huh. it's on her but, etsy I don't know. is it well, well maybe maybe it's a different maybe somebody's thing. hacking into her etsy now I'll, I'll figure it out oh, china okay. china hacks into everything is probably that. right <laughs> You're right. In Russia. You're right. That wasn't hers. Uh, don't tell her. Shh. <laughs> Oops. Just edit that out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's getting the chop. The chopping block. Oh, all right. So you're getting a live performance. We're, we're moving through. You're in a, a rock band, right? Yep. I was in a rock band called The Forgotten for about three and a half years. Playing bass, singing lead. Um, Boston, like I said, some skid row. I mean, everything that was super high. Um, I was still a pretty young man at the time, so I was, you know, mid twenties at that point. Just pinch uh, your knees together real hard and hit those notes, <laughs> you know. And and was I yeah, just there, to redeem myself? Yep. Just to redeem myself. And that that is a super cool hat. I love that. Yeah, it is a cool hat. There, so yeah, it looks like it's super soft. Too. And the the yarn that she uses that's one thing. I go out and I help her do her sales stuff. So she'll put out a table, and you know. I tell, for, for one thing, I'm like, yeah, I crocheted all this stuff. You know, I tell, <laughs> when the ladies come up, you know, because she doesn't, she's shy. You know, I mean, she's not, if you get a couple of drinks in her, my wife will, she's, she's, a, she's, she's been a known hoot. to tear up the dance floor. Yes. But uh, I like to do, the, I like to talk. So I get up and I'm like, you know, people will be looking, but they don't want to touch. And I'm like, I want to sell this stuff. I want to make sure she's making money. So I'm like, you got to feel that. Put your hands on it. If you touch that hat, you're going you're gonna to walk away with that Sales hat. 101. Uh, Get it, up. it is totally. It every, all the yarn that she uses is super, super soft. I, it, I, I love it, the, the, the soft stuff. Now, I say that I don't wear, Gentry wants me to wear her hats. And there's a specific reason why I don't is because my mom, who still, my mom has and she'll probably see this, but my mom, I think, has some selective memory. She, when I was a kid, got into knitting. Okay. And she knitted me these mittens, right? <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't have cool gloves like the kids had, the other kids had. I had these mittens. Choppers. So if, yes, and that's exactly what they were. So if you try and have a snowball fight with <laughs> knitted mittens in Here. sticky snow, you throw the snowball and oh, your glove doesn't come it. back. Okay? <laughs> And the, just the glove launch. The, the first. The and then you're first, yelling, like, give me my glove. Yeah, and, and once you throw it at your friend, they're not giving it back. You know, they're like, no, you're making snowballs with cold hands. But the first snowball you make that's got sticky snow or wet snow, those gloves are saturated. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely hate wet gloves, wet socks. That's one of my pet peeves. I hate it, hate it, hate it. So. She wants me to wear her hats. I love her stuff. She does great work. Everybody who buys her stuff, she gets awesome reviews. Everything is super soft, but she is super not happy with me that I won't wear her hats. And there's well, you a re- just that's your the business. reason for it. You get but, some redemption yeah. there, bro. Well, hopefully, but I mean, I, I think one day, if, if I tip over, you know, if I circle the drain and tip over unexpectedly in my coffin, She's going to put a BG's hat on me. She's going to make something that, just to make sure that by the time I get planted, I'm going to be wearing one of her hats. She, oh, she, that is she would do that for me, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, that's, that's super fantastic. You know, when we were talking earlier, Steve, uh, we were talking about High Noon, and 
we've been talking about High Noon quite a bit, but, you know, I met uh, the original High Noon. We had them perform at the Wee Fest several times, mm-hmm. and I became good friends with them because uh, Darren liked to hunt. Yep. So I uh, actually got him into bear hunting, and, you know, we just all became friends. And when my wife and I 30 years ago got married, uh, they came uh, and played in the basement of the Mermaid where I had a, uh, a wedding reception. We actually got married in St. Thomas, but then had a big reception here awesome. in Minnesota. Yeah. And High Noon came and played, and they were the original High Noon. And there's been so many people in High Noon. And periodically, over the years, they'd come up perform at the Wee Fest like mm-hmm. you. And, and then we've got Nick. Uh, Nick Hoffman. Nick yeah. Hoffman and uh, his new television. Not new. But it's successful. I think he's been. I think he's been on there three or four years now. But yeah, super successful. Nick super Wild Ride. Yep. He went to play with, as you may or may not know, Kenny Chesney, and he was Ch- Kenny Chesney's right hand man. Yep. I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is there was so much talent. Did you mind sharing the stage with him? What's that? Did you mind sharing the stage with him? Oh, <laughs> it was it was pretty fun. The yeah. Kenny Chesney. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I'm getting at is uh, there was so much talent that came out of that band. Yeah, yeah. on on that picture, if you if you look uh, next to Bob, who's got the long blonde hair in the middle, on on his right, as you're looking at the picture, that's Nick Hoffman right there that played with us from '98 to 2000, and then he went and played with Kenny Chesney for 10 years, and he's got like like Tomcat said, his own television show called Nick's Wild Ride now. And can then you next, start, Steve? I'm sorry to interrupt you, yep, but no can problem. you start from the left? I, I have eye issues. That's why I see I Brian poking out behind from there. from the left. Uh, mm-hmm. In the front is that's Izzy. Okay. He's, he was our keyboard player at that time. And then tucked out behind him is Brian Olson, the guitar player. Okay. And then next to Brian was Woody. That's uh, Pete Peterson. And then it looks like next to him was Jason Reardon, who was our light guy at that time. And then Bob is in the blue shirt with the long blonde hair. And then that's Nick next to him, Nick Hoffman. And then next to him is Danny Hulkholter, who uh, left us and went and played with uh, Lone Star for about a year and a half. And then he played with Gretchen Wilson for, I think, three. And he plays with Dirk Bentley now. And he was actually, if you watch the, I think it was the CMAs, uh, they did the tribute to, uh, to Charlie Daniels um, with Jason Aldean. That was Danny that was playing fiddle on that. That was his. So he was our fiddle wow. player from 2000 to 2002. And then down there in the front in the white shirt, that's young me. Uh-huh. Oh, that's you. And then and Who's uh, that 12-year-old next to you? <laughs> down there, that's, that's Casey. He was our sound guy at that time. That's, uh, and then uh, next up above him with the glasses, that's Rocky. Rocky. Robeson. Okay. He's a roadie, yeah. right? Rocky yeah. was a roadie for us. Yeah, that was one of the, one of the good things about High Noon is, uh, you know, when, as a band member, we just showed up plugged in our guitars and played and you know for a long time we had six people in the road crew um that would take care of uh, hauling all the equipment driving the truck we had a truck you know that hauled all, all of our stuff so it was it's like a cargo truck. it was as close to big time uh as as i think you could get it, it, as a regional act i mean there were there were right. a couple other i think uh, there was a band called um uh something below zero uh, thirty two yeah. below. Thirty two yeah. thirty two yep. below, yep. yeah. They had a bus. They were getting, uh, actually at WeFest this year, TK. I, I was super jealous of their bus. Uh but you know, I drove a Z twenty eight. I had a ninety five Z twenty eight, so I could go faster than their bus. So. Hard to beat a Camaro, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Well I have a Mustang now, but yeah, we won't talk about I Camaro was liking them to the <laughs> I don't know, I think of some of the biggest bands that come out uh, country bands like Daisy Dillman. Mm-hmm. Um 
High Noon, certainly. And killer uh, Hayseeds. Killer Hayseeds, hayseeds yep. yep. For, forever it was you guys and the Killer Hayseeds. Yep. yep. For a little while, we had Chase Roberts out there. I don't even yeah. know. I don't know what happened to Chase Roberts. I haven't seen or heard anything from him. If he's around the area, maybe he moved out of state. But yeah, yeah Chase Roberts. Chase Roberts years. was around for quite a while doing the doing the circuit with us. And then, you know, as High Noon got older, before we disbanded, it started to be Rocky Lynn started yep. to make his his name out there. Um, certainly, the Farmer's Daughters uh, you know, came along in that area. Matt Neef um, and uh, and Heidi and Heidi for Hitchville. and and you know, I used to sing with Matt Neef and uh, uh, Jolene in a band called mirror image they were doing a oh a, did not a, know that it was a karaoke band hmm. so i knew them from that um so yeah I'll, I'll it's it's such an incestuous business when you when you've been in it for a long time everybody kind of knows everybody you know obviously i met you through the music you know i came out and seen some of your shows and can i share a fun story about sure. that yep i'm going to interject this and we we have talked a little bit about this tk in the show about how steve and his wife gentry are just the salt of the earth the best kind of people that you'd want to know in your life okay and i've got a great story that Shucks. kind of like yeah <laughs> it's, it's the truth man so right from the time that i met it's like when i was first getting into the local scene as a live performer because i've been in the music business here locally since the early 90s but when i made the decision to start going live it was like i wanted to just talk to all these guys that were already successful that's what you do right pick mm-hmm. their brains so Ross, who was the bass player for Killer Hayseeds at the time, and then he passed away. Unfortunately, yep. Yeah, Ross uh, was a good guy. Flor- Florent, right? Um, I don't remember what his last name was. No. Yeah, anyway. Um, so he was a guy that would just sit down with me on their breaks and just let me talk and pick his brain. And Steve was another one of those guys where I kind of clanged on to Steve with High Noon, and we became friends, and he introduced me to Bob. And then Bob, of course, is an open book, too. Super good dude. The, the like One of the first times I talked to Bob, we're just like, having a conversation and getting along really well or whatever he brings me over to their like merch area and just gives me a shirt oh man here you go man wear this and i was like what they're selling them for 30 bucks in their little merch booth and sure. he just gives me one well you know it's free publicity though yeah <laughs> just like that, that's the kind of people that we're talking about tom just to echo what you said before about how in the country community it's just a different Absolutely. breed of people so steven steven gene are those people to the t so one night my band at that time which was north gone south we're playing at the, I think it was Isanti American Legion. It was either Isanti or Cambridge. It was it was one of those two. But yeah, we I remember the night you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So it was a crazy snowstorm that night. Yep. We barely got the truck with the trailer and all that <clears throat> gear to the club. And coming in there, we're talking to the club manager, and he's like, "It's probably going to be a dead night. We're going to pay you anyway. Just if you can make it, make it and play and just do whatever. You know, you'll get paid." We're like, all right, let's do it. So we we ended up making it. And admittedly, there was not a lot, a lot of people there, but right front and center at a table were Steve and Gene. They drove out there through that snowstorm to watch us play. Nice. How cool is that? I've yeah, never forgotten I, I, that, I absolutely do remember that night. And, you know, I unfortunately sometimes I will give my opinion when it's unwanted. But, you know, I, you know, I, <laughs> I think we're all guilty of that. I, I, do, I do like to... Uh, you know, if, if somebody if if there's something that I can help out with, um, I like to throw throw suggestions out there. But you know, it, it I actually you were a great performer. Thank you. And and I I did see something on one of your podcasts where you were you were beating yourself up about your voice, and you had a good voice, man. It was it was it was, it was <laughs> a you you had the you I thought, and you know I I used to get out in the audience and stuff, but I. Sometimes when I think about how I do my thing out in the audience, it's yeah. it's not 
like I made that up. Like I said, it was it was I, I owe that a lot of that to Johnny Holm, you know. Yeah. You were more of a natural at being able to entertain people and, and you can you could do whatever you wanted to and, and you weren't shy about it. You know, yeah. you were, there was it was like uninhibited just just showmanship. Thank so, you. Thank so you. seriously, though, you know, I I heard you beating yourself about about your voice, and I can't call in and say, "Come on, knock <laughs> That's it off." That's by design, you know, Steve. You That's guys, you guys need a you need a call line. <laughs> but, but no, it was uh, I I absolutely remember that night, and and I do, and the one funny thing, and this is just one of them random things that you you know sometimes you just remember random things. When we walked in, the bar had back then the wheeze were 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 a thing yeah. and there were people at the bar they had a, a wee at the bar and they were bowling a wee bowling at the bar video game and i was like for some reason that just i, I just remember when we walked in there were wee bowling and i was like that's the weirdest thing like you it's know, a they're, concert they're, do, they're doing it at a bar on the tv behind the bar and they're wee bowling so yeah i don't know just just that a, totally that's one of my random re- thoughts yeah yeah no, and, and i appreciate <laughs> your compliment i really do it means a lot no i and i i don't i don't throw those out uh, just willy-nilly either you know i'm not i'm not a guy that's going to compliment you if you don't deserve it but no seriously i i absolutely mean that and, and I, I probably told you as much when i was out there, you did sure, so. yeah we talked on the break and and you actually he was kind enough to just say hey do you want some and i was like yes i will take any pointers or tips you got and I think the, the challenge I had when we were performing live is I didn't pick enough stuff that was in my range because I did some. There's a really good female friend of mine who now moved to the East Coast, but we used to do a few weddings together as duets, mm-hmm. and we would do like Keith Whitley, Allison Krauss, and I would be right in the pocket and just killing it every time because that was like my range. But then with the band, they'd always want to do Rascal Flats and like all this stuff that was <laughs> octaves out of my range, and I would just be out of voice by the first break. Rascal Flats, and, and unless you're uh, and, and unless you're Matt Neef, and Matt Neef is by far, I I would say a hundred percent Matt Neef is the best male vocalist I have heard, probably in the five state area for a regional band. He is remarkable. He is. I, I can't. He sang Tennessee Whiskey the last time I went out and seen him over at uh, Route Forty Seven, and I I I actually. It's it's funny. Like I said, I'm in my own musical bubble. If it's not on my iPad, I don't hardly listen to it. So he did that song. I'd never heard it before. And he did that song, and I just sat out there and went, wow. His runs are that remarkable. Unbel- yeah, he. I mean, the, the way his his vocal acrobatics are stellar. I, I, I can't you, say you know, enough TK, good things about him. You've heard Matt many times. Oh yeah, I didn't know who you're talking about. Actually, I never knew Matt's last name. Neef, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Matt Matt is is Great phenomenal. Singer. And and you know, he, obviously he sounds a little bit like Ras- like Rascal Flatts. Like Gary, yeah. But he can sing anything. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think he can sing anything better than anybody else. He's he's just I I I'm amazed he's not a national act. He's he's that good. Do you want to hear a funny Matt Neef story? Oh, sure. I always want to hear a funny Matt Neef story. <laughs> we were playing, uh, uh, I think it was called Poor Richards in Bloomington. It was uh, a rowdy cowboy show, and it was Travis, Kid George, and I. And we're playing, and Matt and Heidi came in. And they were just having a couple of drinks, and I was just like, man, what a, what a cool honor to have those guys in the club that night. And Matt was just walking around and we knew them obviously pretty well from doing shows locally and as as rowdy cowboy show we would do a lot of like hosting for bands at at toby Mm -hmm. keith's and things like that when they would play Mm -hmm. and so i went to matt and i was like hey man i'm like if i throw like 
a karaoke track on. I know it's like insulting to a real singer, but would you mind singing just because we love your voice that much? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll totally do that. So, like, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to round down and say 20 drinks later. (laughs) And Heidi's looking at me going, don't let him sing. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. No, I didn't go so well. (laughs) Alcohol, alcohol just ruins a lot of things yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you know there everything in moderation you know? it was hilarious because i promoted him like this is like the whole bar i'm like this is one of the most talented male vocalists i've ever heard certainly the most talented male vocalist in this region like you guys are going to love them and then you know matt and e from hitchville and then heidi's over there like this <laughs> i try not to look and uh, and we actually had a rascal flat song on oh yeah you know because i'm like he's this is this is his jam he's going to kill this and was it God Bless the Broken Road? It was God Bless the Broken Road. And I'm like, this is... No, he, he could, could do kill this. that song. Yeah. Man. Arms yeah. tied behind his back. Yeah. Um, well, I think after the compliments, you threw a chain here. Uh, maybe during the break, you two ought to pick out a song and sing together. No. Ooh. No, no, no. If, if, I if Keith you. Whitley is in your range, I think I have a Keith Whitley song that I am not singing on this podcast. Yeah, you no. are. Oh, I, you know what? <laughs> if, if you guys are going to have me do it, maybe, maybe that's, that would be kind of, do you know, don't close your eyes? No. No, Lies. I, 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 would I have, can tell he's lying. I would have to have an eye, like some kind of tablet with lyrics in front of me. I'd have to listen to it on the break. It's we been so that. long since I sang anything. <laughs> yeah. That's not that's not my zone anymore. We've got I'm nothing but time, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. So anyway, we're gonna, um, we are going to take this opportunity to get to break. Is it, believe it or not, time has absolutely flown by and we're already yeah. through an hour. It always does. Wow. Yeah, it does. You know, when you're sitting with good people. Yep. Having a good conversation, it does tend to fly by. Yeah. So before we go to break, I'm going to start doing something that I don't usually do, which is to tell everybody out there to make sure you get online and hit like, hit subscribe, leave a comment, share all this stuff. It's really important to us with the social media that you're getting online and sharing and liking and commenting on the posts that we have. Um, Jill works really hard with that stuff online. And uh, the the only way that we're going to get beyond all the uh, big tech overlords is to have people actually commenting and sharing and liking the stuff that we post. So do us that favor on the break here, and uh, we will be back in just a couple minutes with Steve Kretzinger. Boots and Backstraps is proudly brought to you by Homes by Shane. Make your move with the Homes by Shane team. Commitment to community and unparalleled customer service are the foundation of this REMAX results referral-based business. Their driven team of experts communicate with their clients every step of the way, ensuring a memorable experience from the first conversation through your closing day. Go to homesbyshane.com. Let's get you home. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Boots and Backstraps. We are still in studio with our guest, Steve Kretzinger. And uh, Steve has agreed to play some music for us. So he's got a couple songs he will play. And the first one, by request. Man, I can't tell. You know, I didn't get to play this song often, but whenever I do a ballad, there was a few, you know, when we get the people out on the dance floor slow dancing. This song makes me, I don't know what it does to me, but I absolutely love it. <laughs> Can we song. see under the table what happens? <laughs> I, no, no, nothing like that. It's just Terrible. one of my all-time yeah. favorite artists who is just the sweetest, greatest guy. And his music, we're talking about Dan Seals. And what a neat man he was. He was blind in his later, later on in his life, and then he finally did pass. And but he left us with some of the coolest music. And this song that Steve's going to do, 
I get goosebumps whenever I hear it. And if you're a rodeo guy or a rancher out west or something, you you relate to this song, and it probably brings a lot of people to tears. So, Steve, whatever glitters. Briefly, can I just say one thing? Of course too. you can. We had, a, we had a gentleman that used to come out and see High Noon. His name was Al Evans, and he uh, unfortunately died of a, a stroke at a pretty young age. Uh-huh. And he used to love this song, and I actually did this one on Facebook as a tribute to him for cool. his wife, Cheryl. So this was this was one of the favorites of, of a lot of people that came out and seen High Noon and one of my most requested songs that I got. I'm so hopefully, I, hopefully I can do it justice. I think you will. Saw your picture on a poster In a cafe out in Phoenix Guess you're still the sweetheart of the rodeo As for me and little Casey We still make the circuit In a one-horse trailer and a mobile home She still asks about you all the time And I guess we never even cross your mind But oh, sometimes I think about you And the way you used to ride out In your rhinestones and your sequins With the sunlight on your hair No, the crowd will always love you But as for me, I've come to know Everything that glitters is not gold Old Red, he's getting older And last Saturday he stumbled But you know I just can't bear to let him go Little Casey, she's still growing And she started asking questions And there's certain things that a man just does not know Her birthday came and you never even called And I guess we never crossed your mind at all But then sometimes I think about you And the way you used to ride out In your rhinestones and your sequins With the sunlight on your hair No, the crowd will always love you But as for me, I've come to know Everything that glitters is not gold Everybody said you'd make it big someday 
But I guess that we were only in your way But someday I'm sure you're gonna know the cost Cause for everything you in there's something lost But oh, sometimes I think about you And the way you used to ride out In your rhinestones and your sequins With the sunlight on your hair Oh, the crowd will always love you But as for me, I've come to know Everything that glitters is not gold. Ooh, everything that glitters is not gold. So good, Steve. You know, as soon as you started playing, I thought, oh, that's right. He's got those crazy high notes in there. Yeah, there's. And I'm like, oh, man, when you hit it, I was like, golden. About the third night of every weekend, I was a little concerned when we do that song. I'm like, I don't know what's going to come out. (laughs) A little squawk. You never know. Is that guy 13? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) That was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Thanks a lot. I have goosebumps listening to you. What a great singer you are. I saw your reaction. You got to that high note. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) gives you happy twitches, right? Yeah, great song. The real good feeling. Gives me happy twitches just when I can do it. (laughs) Yeah, and you did it well. What are you going to do now? You're going to do another one for us. Um, One of the other ones that you know, most recently, I've been doing it with the uh, with the farmer's daughters, um, and Johnny, our guitar player, would come in and do uh, some of the like a there's a keyboard part that follows the guitar in there it was just super super cool and Lindsay would sing the harmonies on it would it just every every time i played this one with the farmer's daughters it was super cool too so it's a song called love me by colin ray oh. um i've been doing it for for a long time but uh this is another one of them where you know you get up there a little ways when you're doing you know colin, colin ray, ray. Is, has a voice that's like an angel i mean he he does he, he does a version of open arms by journey that right. i i Gotta say, I, I like it better guy. than than uh, Steve Perry. Colin Ray is wow. another one of those artists that, when you listen to all the songs, because you don't think, well, Colin Ray, well, not all of a sudden, bang, 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 yep. bang, like Tracy Lawrence. He had a hit lot of hits after yep. hit after hit, like yep. so many artists. Colin Ray had a ton of hits. Yep, Colin Ray is very good, and Little Rock and and uh, Little Red Rodeo and all the songs are just phenomenal. And yep. Just a great guy. So, so I'm going to give this one a whirl. All right. Let me start that again. I read a note my grandma wrote back in 1923. Grandpa kept it in his coat and he showed it once to me. 
Said, boy, you might not understand But a long, long time ago Your grandma's daddy didn't like me none But I loved your grandma so We had this crazy plan to meet And run away together Get married in the first town we came to and live forever. But nailed to the tree where we were supposed to meet instead. I found this letter and this is what it said. If you get there before I do. Don't give up on me I'll meet you when my chores are through And I don't know how long I'll be But I'm not gonna let you down Darling, wait and see And between now and then Till I see you again I'll be loving you Love me I read those words just hours before My grandma passed away In the doorway of a church Where me and grandpa stopped to pray You know I'd never seen him cry In all my 15 years But as he read these words to her His eyes filled up with tears If you get there before I do Don't give up on me I'll meet you when my chores are through And I don't know how long I'll be But I'm not gonna let you down Darling, wait and see And between now and then Till I see you again I'll be loving you Love me In between now and then Till I see you again I'll be loving you Love me You know, I think that's about the coolest thing we've done on our podcast since we started Shane. That was so good. What are two great songs? I mean, my I wife. I told was, you he's good. I told you. <laughs> I told you. I tried to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel very blessed to have been a part of that and listened to you sing. I, I what, really appreciate it. Thank you what very a gift much. You, you, guys, you guys are too kind. I, I'm getting a little misty right now. So. <laughs> I was getting a little misty while you were singing. And that wasn't even like the like actual demonstration of the range of this man's voice. I've heard him do some stuff, including Journey, 
and shows where I'm like, what in the world? And he didn't even have his knees pushed together real hard. <laughs> well, you couldn't see the vice grips. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the key is, is trying to hide the vice grips in tight pants. What was the one, and I'm drawing a little bit of a blank, and I'm going to be embarrassed when you say, the, say this song, but the one you used to put Gene's name in. Me and Gene, oh, something. God, I used to, I used to do. It was a, a rock of, tune, I think. Well, I did, I did, I put G in with uh, um, faithfully a lot. Yes, because um, because it had that love and the music man ain't always what it's supposed to be. Which, you know, I, I there there is almost no truer line in the world because you know my wife would would be the first to tell you that she used to have all kinds of people. You know, High Noon was a pretty well-known band. So everybody thought, you know, High Noon, oh, you guys must make a lot of money. You guys are, like, almost famous, (laughs) you know. So everybody everybody puts you up here. And um, so they would tell, gee, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. I bet you he sings to you all the time. And Gentry's like... No, he never sings to me actually, and and when he does, uh, you know, I do I do a song that uh, I I don't even know what the name of it is, but it's it's about actually sitting on the toilet. So, you know, <laughs> I and because I I have a hard time. I love my wife. Yes, uh, of course. I, I, I always have, you know, but uh, it's it's hard for me to sit in front of her and and do a sappy song. I don't know why because I can do it in front of anybody else, but right. there's a there's a Dan Fogelberg song that mm-hmm. I do called Believe in Me that that she really really likes. So I I do dedicate that. And I did I actually put that on my Facebook page. Uh, uh my my sound guy recorded a little bit of that and I, I have it on my Facebook page, but um you know, she my wife will be the first person when people say that <laughs> And this is, she's going to kill me for saying this, but this is my wife's line to, to a lot of these people. You know, she would say, you know, people would be like, you are so lucky. And she'd say, yeah, he shits like everybody else. <laughs> Which I, I totally love it. it. It's like because, you know, if people think that, that, you know, musicians in general, even even at a top level, are any different than anybody else. Right. They're not. They're, they're, they're people. And literally, they put their socks on. Left and right. My socks have actually an L and an R, so I know which feet to put my socks on. Um, no, nobody's nobody's more special than anybody else. No. And and in in all, all you in seem all, like a good time though. Well, it's, it's <laughs> oh look at this picture here. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I was kind of a kind of a clown, but all, all in all, we only have one person to answer to, That's and a one person shirt. who's important. I actually love that shirt. I uh, do too. That's I, a I used shirt. to I, I used to wear those frilly shirts, and. Uh, mm. You know, I used to be able to get away with it. Now, you know, I have a body by McDonald's, so it doesn't work as well anymore. <laughs> Steve, i got to share a story with sure. you uh, along that same line. I was doing, back in the heyday of uh, the Rowdy Cowboy show, I, was, I did it for 10 years at Alligators. Oh, yeah, I remember Alligators. I yeah. met uh, this beautiful young lady to my right, and she was in the ladies' room, and a couple girls were singing the praises of Tomcat. And she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And she goes, as she left the bathroom, she goes, try doing his laundry for a week. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally, you, you and my wife, you, you guys got to go out and have coffee sometime because that is totally, you know, she, I, she would have people hit on her. And, and, and she's going to kill me again for this. She used to have people hit on her at the high noon shows. 
And if, if anybody was hitting on me, you know, I told him, hey, see that lady out there? That's my wife. I'd right. always let everybody know. I'm married. I'd, I always had my ring on. I'm, I, I'm a married guy. And I can attest to that. Yeah. Every single show when they would get in the, uh, that little break between songs and he'd be getting ready yep. to amp up a song he was going to sing, he'd always, like, make sure she got a shout-out. Yep. And I don't remember who was running your spotlight because they always had a spotlight. Probably, probably, uh, new, uh, probably John. John was our spotlight guy at they that time. they put the spotlight yeah. right on her and she'd be like, yep. oh, what's yep. going on? <laughs> but she, you know, every time she... She would get hit on by somebody. She would never tell them that she <laughs> was that that she was married to me. And I so she'd tell me, yeah, this guy was hitting on me. And one time, Darren Nelson from the Vikings was hitting on her oh. at Vikings Arctic Blast, and like really hitting on her. You know, and I said, well, did you tell him that you're married to me? She's like, no. She goes, if I tell people that I'm that I'm married to you, it's it's like peeing on my territory. <laughs> I'm like, no, I do it. You know, why, why don't you do it? So she, she had, I was, I was, would never tell anybody, but, uh, you know, she, Darren Nelson was hitting on your wife, Darren Nelson. And she she didn't go home with him is a great old friend. of Darren Nelson is awesome. I loved him. Yep. And I knew his wife. I mean, I, I don't know if he's still married. (gasps) It was like 40 years ago. (laughs) Maybe I wasn't supposed to tell that story. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I met when I, I used to have a club out in uh, River Falls, Wisconsin, and Darren Nelson would come out and do a guest appearance. And I met his little baby at the time, who's now probably 40-some years old. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> well, Darren Nelson was, was 80s Vikings, man. That was a right. long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Number 20, right? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I think Mo Williams was number 20. I don't know about Darren Nelson. Well, Wilson. this is way Darren, before Darren Mo. Nelson, though. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what number Darren Nelson was anymore. Danny G. All right. uh, she, <laughs> I was giving him a ride home, and uh, we were going through Apple Valley. He lived down there, and a cop pulled me over. There's a little speed trap in Apple Valley going east and west. And the cop's like, blah, 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 and he's going to write me out a ticket. And then he goes over and he says, Darren, can I have an autograph? And he looked at him and he goes, y'all just gave us a ticket. <laughs> no. <laughs> Number 20. Number 20. Yeah. Number 20, yep. Good. You're on it, man. I'm a huge Vikings fan. Like, I literally bleed purple, so that's one of those well, things. Well, we did all – the yes. High Noon used to do them Vikings Arctic Blasts all the time. So, yeah. uh, you know, we got to meet everybody. We got – there's a I – could, I could probably fill a whole episode of, of Vikings Arctic Blast stories, some good, some bad. But Mo Williams was another guy who was – he actually would remember my name every year. Uh, super, super cool guy, super friendly, used to hang out and talk to us. Uh, you also know. the recipient of the Rainy Moss over-the-back touchdown. That was an awesome play. I that said. was I an awesome that, play. I, I, I told you I'm a that that was that purple, was bro. <laughs> one of the coolest plays I think I've ever seen. I know, Amazing. me too. I agree. Amazing. Yep. He didn't even look, man. Yep, he just knew where he was going to be. Man, <laughs> he had that like was, two or three defenders trying yep. to tackle him. He's yeah. just like, hey Mo, <laughs> hey Mo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I well wonder played. how many times well that's played. been done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, why don't we give you a second just to to put your strings down? People aren't performing like they uh, – it's not come back full bore yet. Not full bore, and, and, but one of the good things is we get done a lot earlier. It yes. Like. So it's like for an old guy like me, it's pretty nice the to get to The 2 a.m. teardown. <laughs> As I was mentioning early, lazy musicians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I do my own setup and teardown, so I'm not sure if I apply it. As a solo uh, guy, yeah, for as sure. As a solo now. guy, yep. Your high noon days, you already put yourself out there. Like, I just rolled in. That was the joke with Rowdy Cowboy Show, is that I would just walk in with my microphone box. It wasn't a joke. That was real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I will, I will admit it, 
for sure. That was like my role. I didn't do. But set you up earned it. You earned it. I did. Like he did all the business and all the back, you know, so he could show up and and throw on a mic. <laughs> well, that was the thing is that most people didn't know. Like I'm not just showing up to be prima donna. Like I was running the business outside of that and organizing. He had a rider. And he said, "I have to have my fuzzy koozie." No brown M and M's. No. Have... <laughs> you know, I got to backtrack a little bit. You know, I mentioned musicians being lazy a couple times. You did it. I don't really <laughs> believe that, but. The reason I say that every once in a while is uh, I don't remember who the group was that didn't want to do an encore. And I looked at their their stage manager and I said, there's 60,000 people out there. Why in the world wouldn't anybody want to do an encore with that huge audience and all the publicity you're getting there? And he looked at me and he goes, well, you have to realize that musicians are inherently lazy. <laughs> and I that was looked their at manager. Him and I laughed and I said, well, that maybe is the only answer I would have accepted. You know? <laughs> that is a good comeback. <laughs> he stymied there, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's why they're not going to do an encore. Still don't sit well with us, but whatever. little inside baseball, though, uh, to tell you the truth, with High Noon and our road crew, the road crew made more money than I did. Uh-huh. You know, that's so, that's one of those things that we most paid them know. well. And, and, and there's a reason for that, because we didn't want to be there till four o'clock in the morning. And right. if you're a vocalist, um, you know, you need your rest. You, you need you need to get to sleep early. Um, and, you know, that that's I don't know if that's really the reason why Bob wanted to have the road crew. I mean, obviously, nobody wants to hump their own gear up and down a ramp into a truck and we had a pretty good sized truck you know hold on a second now stuff, but not only your truck but you guys had you should have well you saw tk the amount of production that you guys had the yeah. lights and the sound and all that right, stuff right. was i mean it was like jaw dropping yeah i was i was super proud of and no nobody cared that i was proud because i was just the, the singer i didn't own the band but i mean when we went out and played pretty much any show it was professional it looked awesome uh, I used to complain about the fog machine a lot because I don't like the the fog machine smell and I don't like being in a in a haze all the time. So I had a little issue with that. But uh, realistically, when you have the moving IntelliBeam lights and things like that, this is this is pre LED stuff now right. with high noon. Now everything is LED and, and right. really cool. But back then we had the the programmable IntelliBeams and and Jason Reardon, our light guy, would take a lot of time to program those lights every show. Where, however, the stage was, he would move them. You know, he, he'd change colors. He'd you you stand here, make sure I'm hitting you right. A lot of work went into that, and, the, and the road crew and and our sound our sound guy at the end of of high noon uh, the last few years, Kevin Reed is probably the best sound guy in town. Um, oh, he's still doing was it. yeah he he does stuff for Hitchville and he used to do. Uh, I think he did a little bit of stuff for the Farmer's Daughters. Uh, he does some stuff for... Uh, Maiden Dixie he was with for yep, a long Maiden time. Yep, Maiden Dixie too, yep. So so uh, Kevin is, again... Best in the business. Best in the business. And, and the thing I love about Kevin the most is if you ask him a question and you, and you expect him to sugarcoat it, no, you're going to get the answer that he truly believes in, which I a hundred percent respect. If somebody will tell you exactly what you need to hear, whether you care or whether you like it or not, you know, caring is, is another thing, but, but whether you like it or not, Kevin would, would tell you how he felt. And I, I love him for that. I I never, never would hold that against him because it was fantastic to know. Minor insert TK real quick. Yeah. It's Kevin's youngest 12th birthday today. Yep. It is. Yep. Cool. You just post that on Facebook. Uh, Lincoln. 
Lincoln, yep. yeah. <laughs> a little shout out. Yeah. You know, I don't think the public realizes how much work goes into a production. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself, my wife, uh, we do. If you've got a good sound guy and you've got a good light guy, oh, well, you, that enhances your show so much. I mean, you have got a wonderful voice and you're a talented guitar player. But if you got a good sound guy, they can make you even better. Yep. I mean, you know that. I know that. And I don't think the public really realizes, oh, that band was so great, but they're going to be there till 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock, tearing down this yep. stuff, unless you got big money and you can afford a... And you're not getting rich doing it. No. Nope. You know, but it, it was always... Uh, Something you love. It was instilled in me pretty early when I, when I started with my rock band. Um, we had like eight park hands, and I ran the lights with a foot switch and we ran sound from the stage occasionally we would have a sound guy but i told them guys i was like you know what i i I went on this was the early days of the internet now we're talking really early days of the internet and there was there was something i I read on there and it said (laughs) yeah exactly and and there was something on there that said a well-lit band is a well-paid band yeah and high noon from the time that i started with them to the time we ended was that was one thing about the band we always had a cool light show it wasn't always moving and and in telebeam stuff but there was always a lot of lights and and a and a a follow spot that would follow everybody around when when i was out in the audience and not a lot of bands have that you know you get out in the audience all of a sudden you become the invisible man because nobody everybody's like hey where's where's you know where's the singer where where's that sound coming from we always could shine on the, whoever was in the audience, whether it be the fiddle player or myself or Bob, me and the fiddle player at, on it's occasion to get out boy. there. So, yeah, it, it was just just looking professional goes a long ways. But uh, you know, Danny, I, can we find some YouTube of High Noon? I'd love to just, if it's possible, oh, to find yeah. any video there, um, just to kind of let the our viewing audience see some example of what you're talking about. Because as you said, both of you now, the highest paid members of any band should be the sound and light guy. It, and and it's i know there's there's musicians out there that would say no you know i'm up here doing this but right. no it, literally the hardest job is humping all that gear mm-hmm. up, up ramps up. it's hot outside it's raining it's snowing you're slipping the bar if you play a place like serums in anoka and you got an endless amount of stairs to load in into the upper level of serums which is where the rock bands played i mean it's 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 a load in that everybody knows in fact i was just posting on facebook about it somebody was talking about serums and um you know so like not my back every, still hurts oh yeah not not every <laughs> club is easy to get access to the stage um, so it, it, and, and, you know, most of them don't have a loading dock that you can just roll your stuff right out. You know, it's, it's, it's hard work. It's super hard. So after 35 it. years of working with the stage crew at the Wii Fest, which is one of the largest stages in the world, yep. I made it a point every night, ladies and gentlemen, how about a round of applause for the hardest working people in show business and inevitably one of the guys that stop and cause no one ever talks about him mm-hmm. and he'd look over and he'd go, They'd give a wave to the audience, and they give him a big hand. My my solo acoustic shows now that I do, I have John Van Bruggen, who used to run monitors for High Noon, and he didn't really have to do a lot, but... He's he's my sound guy for my solo acoustic shows, so I always bring a sound guy so I can even if I suck, I'm gonna sound good, you know, because I have a sound guy pushing the pushing the. <laughs> you button. miss a note, it's gonna sound but wrong. <laughs> I always I always introduce. I love Johnny V. He's he's a great guy. Uh, he comes up and plays bass with me with, with with me once in a while, but I always make sure that I let the audience know he's the second 
part of the band. He is he's he's right. the invisible member, but he is the reason why I sound like I do. Give him a round of applause right. and, and good you know, for you. And he gets he gets uh, paid not very handsomely. I would I would say, but cheeseburgers uh, and beer. Oh, uh, he gets normally he gets paid out of the tip jar. Here so. we go. Uh-oh. We got some sound for this. Steve with the iconic hat. All right, she's going to come back to it. So Tom and I try to make a point, just so you know, Steve, um, when we have these shows, to make sure <laughs> to make sure that we're promote. <laughs> we'll go to the video. And this is at the Wicked Moose in uh, Rochester in 2010. Shot by my lovely bride Gentry, by the way. I think we're a little hot. It has a little bit of a distortion I wanna, to it. So. I want to challenge Danny. You find maybe um, do a little more search in Danny. See if you can find something that's got more of the light production. Danny, um, what I was going to ask you to do is find the original High Noon on Star Search. There's Bob singing their big hit. It's on there. It's it's actually oh, on, it's on it? the High Noon uh, High Noon Facebook page. Let's go to that quick. Oh, I'd love to see that. So what I was going to say when when Danny and I were missing <laughs> each other in the video insert there is just that we make a point to always talk about the team that we have because Tom and I are quote unquote the talent because we're the hosts and we're the ones that are on the video. But without Jill and without Danny and without Kyle and the the people that we've had helping and with Lenny. this and Lenny, our our location <laughs> manager. With, I don't know if you'd refer to me as talent anymore. <laughs> Without them, this you know the the whole thing together doesn't happen. You know, right. so it's like they're especially Danny. I mean, I tell her all the time, and we we talk a few times throughout the week about the podcast and what's happening with production and what's happening with content and all that stuff. And I'm always saying, look, you have total creative control over this. I may be writing the checks, but I trust you enough to just let you run. You're that important to what we're doing here, and and I just kind of show up and do what I'm told. Danny likes to boss me around a little bit. <laughs> Jill hasn't gotten that yep, far. There it is. Is this it? Can no we, way. Can we watch this all? This isn't actually You Got Away With My Heart. This is a different song. But... Here's Rick. That's a great song. Darren. Big hair days. Mike Peterson off the drums. Who's on the fiddle there? That's Bruce Hoffman, no yeah. relation to Nick Hoffman. Okay. It looked a little like, though. <laughs> he actually helped Nick get his start in Branson, Missouri. Did he? I don't remember his name. Oh, 
Okay, Danny. That brings back so many memories. When my wife and I got married, uh, they played at a wedding reception. That band right there. And Mike Peterson, the drummer, uh, had a had a band for a little while. I can't I, I can't remember what it was. It was like Cowboy Billy or something like that for a little while. But Mike Peterson has an unbelievable country voice. He could he could do yeah. uh, My Maria. And you'd swear you're listening to is it is it Ronnie Dunn I think that's Ronnie Dunn, yeah. I mean you'd swear you're listening to him he had a fantastic and Rick Aronson too yeah uh, great every everybody in that band and that's that's kind of the the legacy that we took on when right. in, in our in our iteration of High Noon was to keep that harmony you know they always did the big harmonies so we always kind of like to mold ourselves after like Restless Heart uh, right. Shenandoah the bands that that actually did a lot of harmonies like that so that we had actually six people on stage could sing not not all the time but uh, we did have six vocalists on that stage. was fun to see that yeah. I'm telling you those guys were so talented i don't know how many times in the 80s we had them at the we fest half a dozen anyway and they were such a big ballroom band back then too if i can just take a second here gentlemen to talk directly to the camera for all those bands out there take a note the two things you're missing the boat on are production and harmony you have to have those two things down tight to make it to the levels of a High Noon or a Killer Hayseeds or some of these other bands that you mentioned. You can't get there without it. I see so many local bands that I go out to, and a lot of them are friends of mine, and they've got a one-and-a-half part harmony. And it's Not like anymore. You, you have to have the, you know, even coming out and seeing TFD mm-hmm. at the band shell in Oakdale and yep. listening to you and Joe and Linz all sing together is like, that's what you need. Yeah, the the to... harmonies with the farmer's daughters were super super cool. And when yeah. we, when we locked in together, you know, we did we did that song "Girl Crush," yeah, uh, which was always my favorite part of the night because I got to put my guitar down, I got to stand up there with with the two girls and actually be part because it was their show. It's about a girl that likes girls, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> not not really, but it's 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 a super cool song. But the it's a little big town. Is it little big town? Who is uh, who's the yeah. name of that band? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know my country bands very well, but I, I apologize. <laughs> He's nailing it all night. I don't know but, him very well. <laughs> but uh, that song is so good for harmony. Which song is it? Girl, Girl Crush. Crush. I think oh, yeah. I think we have one of them oh. on my. I think we have a little bit of that on Facebook too. But uh, TFD. Um, it might be on my Facebook page, actually. I think I posted it uh, a couple of weeks ago. But, I mean, it's when we lock in on that harmony, literally, I mean, all the hair, well, I don't have a lot. <laughs> I shouldn't even say hair because I got no hair. But, but the hair on my arm is just, I mean, it just stands up. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. What and a great song that is. I got is. a chance oh. to sing, sing with the girls, and it was, it was truly fun. I really loved it. Danny, are you looking for it? Maybe someday uh, you can bring the girls in and you all, you all can sing that. Oh, that's Bob right there. Yeah, that's that's the video for one of the songs I wrote back when I was a kid. But you can see more of the production, like the, the yeah, big Yeah, there's some lights and, and stuff. There's there. Nick. Some fog. Yeah. And that's Nick Hoffman. Yep. And this was shot in 1999 at Blainbrook. Oh. And uh, it was done by a man named Tony Evans. He's a photographer. He was the band photographer for many years. Yeah, coming up here, it shows us live at Blainbrook, and you can see the lights and production in the background. A lot of talent. A lot of talent has come out of that band. And it actually shows me with hair. Wait for the, wait for the mullet. 
That's Steve in the back with the hat on, believe it or not, with yep. the mullet. Is Nick in that picture? Yes, he, he was front left. Okay, I saw him. He looked like a little kid. Yeah, he did. He was uh, 17 or 18 in this one. This feels so 90s. Yeah, great. Yeah, and a little shout-out to the drummer on that video, Troy Niebergall. Uh, was a fantastic drummer, and, and uh, he just died uh, two years ago. I think it was two years ago now. Too young. Of, of cancer. He, I don't he, know how old he was, but it had to be too young. He was uh, just a little bit older than me, so he was in his early 50s. Who, wow. wh- the drummer in the like most recent version of High Noon, what was his name again? That is Mark Solberg. And we lost his wife to cancer, yes, right? Yes, Mary. Mary. Oh. Yeah, because I was at the benefit that they did at uh, Two Stooges for that. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Mary, cool Mary was, was super, super nice. Uh, Marky just got remarried, um, but Marky is is one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, super good guy. Um, again, like you said, salt of the earth. Uh, just just a, a great human being. So, and recently has has uh, found God in a big way. So he he was, he was not not there until about two years ago, and and uh, situations happened that uh, he found God, and he is very very devout now. So. I hate to look a gift horse in the mouth here, TK, but that's kind of a segue, right? It is a segue. Tell us a little bit, Steve, about uh, the church that you're performing at now on a regular basis, which is something that I totally admire. (laughs) Well, I always thought after I retired from High Noon, after we retired the band, that the only thing that would ever pull me out of retirement, because I sold everything. I had no guitars. I had no musical equipment whatsoever at the house. I just quit because I had... I'd played so long. I'd done so much stuff. I'd traveled so much. I was like, enough. You know, Clean I, break. I, I just need, I, and I just needed to focus on the kids and my marriage and work and, and just doing other stuff other than playing. And uh, a, a guy that used to be my boss when I was 19 uh, at Target in, in Crystal, Minnesota, um, called me up one day and he goes, you know, I'm, I'm playing at Cambridge Lutheran Church as the keyboard player. Bill's, Bill's a very good keyboard player. And he goes, we need somebody there that uh, that has done some big shows. You know, we got we got vocalists here now, but we need to add a little more. Um, and and I want you to come up and play once in a while. And I was like, Bill, I've got no, literally no equipment. I can't. I, I'll I'm bring retired. my spoons. <laughs> and and he goes, he goes, well, you know, that's that's too bad. You know, we could really use you. He said, Are you sure? And I'm like, Well, um, I I said, I I think I'd like to. I said, You know, I have the money to get the equipment that I need. Um, I want to, I want to at least be able to play there a couple of times a month. Um, and he said, well, I don't know if we can do that or not. And, and I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make the investment anyway, because it's a good cause. It's church. It's, it's, it's the only thing that I thought I would ever do after high noon. And I'm like, so I'm going to do it. So, uh, I've been playing there since 2000, November of 2017. Um, yeah, that's us at Cambridge Lutheran. Super, super good band. We got Bill's. Bill's on the keyboard there. Bill Carson. That's Sheena Ray. She's, uh, oh, she's she a li- local. She lives artist. here in North Branch. Um, former member of uh, of uh, Steel Orchid, who has the guitar player that I used to play with in my rock band. Um, Adam Lane back there behind the drums, and then off to the side next to Sheena, you can't see him. Is Steve Dans plays in the band as well, but. Uh, super, super good band, super fun band, high energy. Who's you know? a ball guy on the lead there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, basically what I did is I just took, you know, I, I, I do what I do. When, when 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of laid back otherwise, but if you put a guitar in my hand and you put me on a stage, I kind of, I, I have energy and that's, and that's, and I brought that to the church, whether they liked it or not, but apparently they did. I've been there for a while, but, uh, it's super, super fun. Uh, I get to sing, uh, for a couple of years, I did a song called, um, I just want to be a sheep for little kids for, for, uh, the Easter performance. So, um, so I get the little kids to do their thing and they go ba 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 behind me and it's super cool. I, I'm a simple guy. I love that stuff. I sing at my <laughs> at my wife's nursing home that she works at, Elam in Princeton, once in a while. Uh it's it, that's also a, a religious organization, so I sing in the chapel, but I do just regular songs. But you know, I I'm a simple guy. I like to do that kind of stuff for people. Uh, and then, you know, now I do the other stuff on the side. So, but the, the church thing has been super rewarding. I admittedly was not, I, I never went to church my entire life. Uh, was I a believer? Yeah. But did I go to church? No, I wasn't. I wasn't a person that wanted to be there. Um, pastor Andy Romstad at, at, uh, the church is phenomenal. And, you know, like I said, we got, we got a decent band there. Um, the songs that we pick are good. Uh, if you if you get a chance to come out to see Cambridge Lutheran Church, it's really they've they've up, upgraded their facility. That's not a couple far of years from our ago. house, right here. Yeah, it's right down right down ninety five yeah. from you. So yeah, we get into Cambridge quite a bit, and uh, Lynn and I like we go to Eaglebrook. Uh, yep. She and I both are Catholics, but we go to Eaglebrook most of the time. Every once in a while, a speaking Catholic of good church. bands, yeah, Eaglebrook's oh. got a Eaglebrook's got a good thing going there. So. And uh, I'd love to come and see you perform someday, some Sunday. I was just going to yeah. say, is there a specific surface, uh, service that you play? I play at the Horizon side, so it's the contemporary worship. Um, through, the, through the summer until Labor Day, we are doing one outdoor service every week, and it starts at 10 o'clock. Um, then after Labor Day, we go back inside and we do, I, think, I believe it's a 9 o'clock service and then a 10.30 service after We'll come that. and see you for sure. So I'd love to see you there. Isn't you know? it great when you get to a point in your life, you know, you did all the big shows and, you know, the notoriety and the fun stuff, and then when you really get down to it, giving back is really what it's all about, and that's the most rewarding thing. Well, I hope not, that... Not yeah. getting the accolades, it's doing whatever you can do for your church or whatever whatever they've got going on in that church. I hope when people leave uh, that we've brought them closer to God in some way and they enjoy the music. And, and if that's what brings them in uh, to to God, then I'm, so I'm more than happy to do yeah. it. Yeah. You bet. What do you think, pal? I think it's great. I mean, I'm just like, I'm blown away at just thinking about the prominence of your not just your life, but your musical career and this evolution that you've gone through. And you're, you're killing me. You're such a humble dude, Steve. Seriously, I mean, you're ever killing me, ever buddy. since the moment I met you, just a humble guy. And to get where you are now, and to to see you having so much joy in your life from music, and not just the success of High Noon and the stages you played, but the joy that you get from playing for Christ, for playing for God. That's amazing to me. It's it a, is. It's a very good thing. Yeah. I don't know what to add to that. I mean, our podcast is not a Christian podcast, but we talk about God enough in it. We close with a little statement about the Lord, and uh, I could talk about it all night long. And uh, Inside baseball, I'd like to tell everybody that we do have a little uh, prayer circle before the, before the show here, which was uh, super, uh, uh, super awesome, and uh, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting it. So... Um, these guys, these guys are real believers here. So. You're the first one to mention it. Yeah. 
before every podcast, we huddle up and thank the Lord and ask for his help and uh, <laughs> ask for extra help. <laughs> as much as we can get. Yeah. You don't really need it because you're just really on all the time. Oh, come on. I'm Try and keep Bernie awake, right? <laughs> hey, hey you sleeping over here. All those nice things that I said. I had to. I had to. He called me Kenny Chesney. <laughs> From one true. Christian to <laughs> another, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I found that girl crush video. If you wanna, listen please, to yeah, oh yeah. What did you find? This the girl crush video oh. with the harmonies. Don't look! Don't look! <laughs> don't, don't look! look yeah. Don't look. don't look! Don't look! Okay. Okay. You can look now. And I'd like to send out a shout to Lindsay, who's a phenomenal vocalist as vocalist. I can sure hear the crowd singing. Wow. There's Lady Joe, TK. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. I mean, I got seriously, I got the goosebumps when you came in. It was the three of you together. And Lady Joe, just the icing on the cake, totally. It, it, like I said, when, when we would come in on that and we lock in like that, and, and, and I got it right on top of my ears. So it's like, it's like nookie for my eardrums with my in ears when, when we lock in like that. I'm like, oh. This is so cool. So do I'm actually en- glad we got a video of that. So. And so do you and Joe like trade typical stereotypical roles? Because, you know, she typically will take an octave a little lower and you like to be up on that top end a little. You know, that's that's where I feel comfortable singing that higher harmony. But in that band, because you got two females and they and they take that that uh, that uh, note Fifth. above, then I was starting to take the one below. But there were certain instances like if we did. Um, uh, Dixie Chicks that Earl had to die tune. Uh, you know, I, I would do the the high when, on the na na nas. I was taking the high part, and Jolene was taking the one lower. So, okay. yeah, that was where the vice grips came in handy again. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, oh. before we let you get out of here, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be playing at uh, the Mississippi Pub on the 5th of August. Uh, that's a 6 to 9 show. I do have another, uh, that's, that's a solo acoustic gig, and then I'm going to be playing again on August 27th, uh, 22nd, excuse me, at Max Bar, and I mm-hmm. believe that show is from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock. Um, my, I do have a Facebook page for my solo acoustic shows. It's, and this is kind of long, it's Steve Kretzinger Solo Acoustic Extravaganza. So if you if you can type that in, you can find me. You can find out where I'm playing. I always update uh, about a week ahead of time, um, and I am doing some uh, Cage Bird stuff coming up very soon. Yep, there it is. So kind of like A to Z trucking, right in the phone book there. Yep. 
<laughs> I say, there's that fog machine he likes so much. <laughs> yep, there's the, the fogger in the back of the background of the picture. Yeah, I, I actually kind of like that picture. But uh, and then well, well, hold on a second, Danny, go back down a little bit. Stop right there. What's the uh, first related page? I'm having a hard time reading that. <laughs> What's that I, on I, the left? Related pages. Oh yeah, there there it is. My <laughs> wife's page. I didn't yeah. I didn't notice that was there. A little shout out to her right before we get out the door. <laughs> Well, folks, I tell you what, we hope you enjoyed this uh, week's episode of Boots and Backstraps. I know we've enjoyed having you here uh, for this one, Steve. Thank you for having me. This was really, really cool. It was great. Uh, Your voice and uh, the songs that you did, totally loved it. I hope hope our audience loved it as much as we did. Yeah, for sure. I want to show you something real quick that I think is like the coolest endorsement for for Steve, right? Yeah. That's his his (laughs) daughter says, I guess my dad is kind of cool. She's, she's got so you a pick sweet. on her head. That's that's Alana, Alana, my daughter. So. Isn't that's that a twenty-one sweet? year old. Yep, and she likes you. That's a big deal for a twenty-one year old. You know, like she's dad, she's you know? like a mini me, and uh, with cars, with, with Mustangs, and yeah, she's. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see this right here, TK? Do you see where the little blue thumbs up and the red heart is? She's got fifty-five interactions on that post. That's awesome. Oh yeah, that's great. It is great. Her yeah. dad's kind of a big deal. He's, he's yeah, a big, right. <laughs> a good dude and a big deal. Well, folks, do us a favor and uh, pinwheel, as we like to say in the hunting community, pinwheel that like button. Make sure you give us a share and a comment um, and tell all of your friends about the Boots and, Boots and Backstraps podcast. If you have questions, comments, or snide remarks, you can send those to bootsandbackstrapspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we're looking forward to um, getting another fancy guest in here like Steve. TK. Man, I tell you, you know, I want to do a shout out to John uh, Basinger out in Craig, Colorado. Yes, sir. He's uh, an elk hunting guide while he guides mule deer, antelope, elk. Just a great guy. Had a great conversation with him today. And he wanted me to say hello to you and uh, Wonderful. all of our friends out there in Colorado. We're going to be seeing you at least once this fall. And uh, another salt of the earth guy. Absolutely. We are so fortunate to know so many great people. And, uh, I mean, I think that's how it works when uh, you really devote your life to the Lord and uh, all, he'll put good people in your life and uh, he works through people and that's what we need. So ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us today and whether you're belting out your favorite country song or you're pursuing your favorite game animal, I encourage you to use that same passion to pursue the Lord. He'll teach you to shoot straight. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. On his own, looking for backstraps Way deep in the woods Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield Under the harvest moon When the tags are filled It's time to switch up our boots Head down to the honky-tonk Get us a swing dance or two We're talking about boots and backstraps